The following podcast has been brought to you by Catholic Digital Resources. Visit the website catholicdr.com for downloadable parish resources. At Catholic Digital Resources, you can find faith-building bulletin inserts on the Sunday Scriptures, RCIA materials, ready-made PowerPoints for catechists, faith-sharing materials for Bible study groups and small Christian communities, and much more. Download faith formation resources and evangelization tools from Catholic Digital Resources at catholicdr.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Greetings, my friend. Today I'd like to talk about forgiveness. About forgiving those who are especially difficult to forgive. Because, you know, you already know that Jesus told us to forgive 70 times, 7 times. He said that in Matthew chapter 18, verse 22. In other words, every day, every moment of the day, repeatedly as often as necessary. Because in the Bible, the number 7 means fullness. So when Jesus said forgive 70 times 7 times, he was talking about the fullness of fullness. <laughs> you know, the, the um, 10 times the fullness of fullness. And in the Bible, 10 means infinity. Years ago, I had a friend who was a really dear friend, and he became involved in Good News Ministries. We were delighted to have him on the team. But as it turned out, he was alcoholic. He became very codependent upon us. Eventually, he even had lust towards me. And long story short, uh, that was that spelled the end of, of his involvement in our ministry and even in our lives because he refused to get the help he needed. He refused to change. But for four years, we tried to help him get to that point of repenting and being healed by the Lord for the root causes of, of his behaviors that were not of the Lord, the behaviors that were interfering with his ministry, the behaviors that were interfering with his relationship with us. Uh, it, 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 our efforts failed, but for four years we tried. And during that four years, we had to forgive again and again and often in the same day multiple times. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> you know, it, it was a time of learning how to do what Jesus said, to forgive 70 times, seven times. And it was a time of learning so much more about relying on God. And you know, there are many, many things that come to us as a learning experience when we go through hard times. The point I want to make right here, though, is that we are called to forgive that many times as often as it is 
required. As often as we are hurt, we need to forgive. And what I would like to share with you now is how to do that. Because, yeah, it is not easy. But one of the reasons why it's not easy is because we believe myths. We believe false ideas about what forgiveness is. Recently, I received a question on WhatsApp about this. By the way, if you are interested in posting questions to me, I am available on WhatsApp. And I'm also available through our contact form on our website. So you can go to gnm.org and go to the contact page. Or you can also go to gnm.org and look for the information about how to join WhatsApp. And on WhatsApp, we provide many different services that we post to you that build your faith. And one of those services is a group, a chat group called Questions of Faith. And recently in that chat group, someone raised the question about how to forgive because uh, she had been repeatedly hurt, stolen from, lied to, and she was angry. And she was rightfully angry. She didn't want to, as she put it, she didn't want to forgive and forget. But in that in that statement was a clue to why she had a difficult time forgiving. We think sometimes that we're supposed to forgive and forget, but that is not so. I think this idea comes from scripture where it is said that when we go to God for forgiveness, he forgets our sins. And, you know, it says that as far as the east is from the west, that's how much God forgets our sins. I asked him one day, how is that possible? Because God knows everything. How can he possibly forget something? And eventually, you know, I, I don't get answers right away usually. Uh, but when I put myself into a state of prayer and expecting an answer, the Holy Spirit did come to me with the answer. God revealed to me the question, do you remember, Terry, being born? And I'm like, no, I know I was born, but I don't remember it. And he goes, precisely. That's how God remembers but forgets our sins. He knows that we have sinned, but once we have been forgiven by him because we've repented, and by repent that doesn't just mean saying, I'm sorry God, it means I am changing, I choose to change, and with your help God, I will succeed in changing. God forgets in the way that we have forgotten the experience of being born. He knows it happened, he knows we sinned, he knows what we did, but it's no longer something that he dwells on. It's no longer something that he is consciously thinking of. I mean, yeah, he's God, he can be consciously thinking of it all the time. I mean, this. let's not get into the mystery of God's nature and how he thinks. We won't understand it anyways. We'll never be able to fathom it. So, the point I'm trying to make here is what? We 
are in our calling to imitate Christ, we are called to forget when we forgive others, but not in a way of ignoring what happened. We are to forget as in we are no longer dwelling on it. We are no longer obsessing on it, which is usually what happens when we have problems forgiving somebody. We can't let go of what they did to us. We are obsessing on it. We think about it even when we're doing other things. We're, we're, we're working. We're, we're, even when we're sleeping, sometimes you know it's in our dreams or it keeps us awake at night. We are obsessing, and God wants to heal us of that. He wants us to be delivered from that. And the way this is accomplished is through us choosing to forgive. This means that we let go of our right to seek revenge. We let go of our right to hear the other person ask for our forgiveness. We let go of our right and our need to know that they are remorseful and that they're not going to do it again. We turn to God for protection. We put up boundaries so that that person is not going to harm us again. You know, with the friend that I told you about at the beginning of this podcast, we did put up protections. You know, we did tell him that he could not be in our life while he was doing this bad behavior that was so hurtful or sinful to to the to others, which affected the ministry that we were in together. And he repented. But he went back into his sin as soon as um, he felt that he had won us back into his life. And, you know, and he thought he could go back into life as it was before. And, you know, that didn't work. But let's get back to the main point here. We need to put up boundaries against those who sin against us. We need to protect ourselves and others from their ongoing sin. If that means that we don't have them in our life until they repent, that is often the best thing we can do for them as well as for ourselves. Because when we we do that for them, they often get to the point of saying, wait a minute, I want that person back in my life, so what do I need to do to change? And some people will work at that. I know plenty of people who have saved marriages this way. You know, the, the, the husband was very ang- anger-filled and, and uh, abusive verbally until the wife said, you know what, I am moving out. I'm moving back home and taking the kids with me. I'm moving back to my parents until you get to therapy and anger management classes. And he did, and he changed, and their marriage was restored, and they went on and had more kids, and, you know, and and so their marriage became what God wanted it to be. Sometimes that's what we have to do, but sometimes we have to totally walk away like I did with my friend 
who had been involved in, in our ministry, Good News Ministries. Uh, so that, too, my friend, takes discernment, by the way. You know, whether we walk away and how long we walk away, what kinds of protections we put up against those who we need to forgive, and how long we hold those protections up, how we do it, where we do it, all of that takes discernment. That means you need to have a good, powerful, alive, active relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's why I always recommend this prayer. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. And I recommend that you pray that every day. Because every day we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need more growth. We need more healing. We need more spiritual maturing. We need more discernment. And it does take discernment to know how to deal with the people who continue to sin against us. When we know what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, to protect ourselves, to help the other person stop sinning, or to back off and and let the Lord deal with them through somebody else, through some other means, whatever. All this discernment, all this that comes from the Holy Spirit, this helps us forgive. This gives us the power to forgive because, because we know that we are no longer victims. It is when we feel like victims that we have the difficult time. It seems impossible. It seems too hard to forgive. Through Christ, we are victors, not victims. By following Christ, doing things His way, we become victors. Therefore, when He says, forgive 70 times 7 times, That is the key to becoming a victor over the person who is sinning against us. It does not mean that we approve of their sin. It does not mean that we make ourselves and leave ourselves vulnerable to being subjected to their ongoing sins. It does not mean that we even need to continue being in relationship with them. It also does not mean that we have to give up the relationship with them permanently. Or maybe even temporarily. Again, it takes discernment. Each situation is different. But the Holy Spirit knows what's best for you. We need an active, alive, personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is what helps us to forgive And to live the life of a forgiving person, which means a life that is also being protected by God because we are open to hearing, receiving, knowing what God's protection is in each situation. Let me give you another example of of how to forgive somebody who's especially difficult to forgive. Sometimes, 
when we try to forgive and we just really don't want to. We just can't let go of our anger. You know, sometimes we can't let go because we think that that person that we're angry at is not going to change if we stop being angry at them. You ever find yourself in that situation? Or maybe it's the silent treatment. They're not going to know that anything's wrong. They're not going to wake up and realize that they're sinning and need to repent if I carry on as if life is normal. You know, I need to give them the silent treatment. I need to give them the cold shoulder until they get the message. And very often God is going, Hey, my dear, my, my beloved... That's not how it works. See, that's taking matters into our own hands instead of letting the Holy Spirit guide us through the process. I'm going to give you an example of how I learned this. Many years ago, I was very mad at my husband, Ralph. Now, that's not to say I haven't gotten mad at him since then. This incident happened many years ago. He had, we, we had been go, going to a conference together. It was a week-long week conference. And it was a very educational, inspiring, faith-filled conference. I was growing from listening to the speakers. And I was delighted that Ralph was there with me, knowing that he'd be growing also. Because you know what? Uh, in a marriage the two need to grow at the same time for the best possible results for the best possible marriage and you know most of the time it doesn't happen that way and we need to forgive our spouse for not growing at the speed we want him or her to grow at well here at this conference my husband who is a computer guru was asked to work on the computer system at this um, at, at this organization that was putting on this conference. And being the good servant that he is, he said yes. Well, it took him hours as he was going through the computer trying to find what was wrong with it. And I was getting angrier and angrier that he was missing out on the classes. And I was beginning to wonder, why wasn't Ralph saying, no, I need to put up a boundary against doing all of this. I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow closer to God. I'm, I'm here for, you know, for a reason other than to fix computers. Um, let me go to class. You know, I'll, I'll come back to the computer after the classes are, are finished for the evening or, or something like that. And I wondered why he didn't do that. And I got more and more angry with him. And I let him know. And it didn't change him. You know, when we're angry at people, rarely does that change them. So it was coming time for confession. And I was like, why isn't Ralph going to confession? Confessing that he is working on computers instead of learning from the, the speakers, uh, you know, what the Lord wants to reveal to, to him and, and help him to grow in. Ralph did not go to confession, as far as I know. Maybe he did, but um, the Lord was telling me, Terry, stop thinking about whether or not Ralph needs to go to confession. You go to confession. 
So I did. I went to confession. And after confessing my sins, the priest said to me, is there anything else? And what I had not confessed yet was my anger towards Ralph. So I admitted it to the priest and the priest asked me the terrible question, are you willing to forgive him? <laughs> and I was like, no, because as soon as I forgive him, I won't be angry at him. And as soon as I'm not angry at him, I'm going to lose whatever leverage I have. And, you know, he's just going to continue working on the computers. It'll be hopeless. He won't stop working on the computers until he's got it fixed. He's going to continue missing classes. Well, uh, the priest kind of just, you know, patiently waited for me to think that through. And he asked again, are you willing to forgive him? I did not want to stop being angry, but I knew that Jesus wanted me to forgive. So I nodded my head. I could not say the word yes. I could not get it out of my lips. I nodded my head. And it wasn't even a big nod of the head. It was an ever so slight nod of the head. And God said, that's all I need. Yay. And the priest said, that's all God needs. And he then continued with the the rest of the penance, um, the, the penitential, uh, the absolution that comes in the sacrament of confession. When I was absolved by Christ through the priest, and that's what happens in case, in case you didn't know that, it's not the priest who forgives us when we go to confession. It is not the priest who has the power to forgive. It is God. It is Jesus in the priest. This is why we say in the Catholic Church that the priest has a special gift by his ordination called in persona Christi. He does the sacraments in the person of Christ, which means that Christ is supernaturally working through him. So, when Jesus, through this priest, absolved me of my sins, I got up and I walked out of that confessional wondering what was now going to happen between me and Ralph and Ralph and the, you know, between him and the Lord and him going to classes, etc. When I walked out that door, I suddenly felt lifting off of me all my anger. Nothing had changed in Ralph. Nothing had changed in the circumstances. But I had changed by the divine grace that comes, the supernatural grace that comes from the sacrament of confession. God changed me. All he needed was my ever so slight willingness. A big part of me was not willing, but a little part of me was willing to seek forgiveness from God. And that's all God needs. Just like when Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish, he multiplied my little bit of desire to forgive Ralph. And when I left that confessional, I no longer had any anger towards Ralph. And it didn't matter to me anymore whether Ralph fixed the computers 
right away, whether he went to classes. Yes, I still preferred that he would go to classes, but it didn't bother me anymore. I was no longer obsessing on it. I was no longer thinking about it when I was in class and he wasn't. What was going on between him and the Lord was between him and the Lord. And I learned how powerful the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession is, and I was set free from anger. I was set free from Ralph's control over me. He wasn't trying to control me, but I had given him that control. He was controlling my mood. He was making me angry. You know, friends, that's what happens when we don't forgive others. We are giving them permission, whether they're asking for it or not, whether they're trying to do it or not, we are giving them permission to control us, to control our mood. Take that away from them. And you do it by forgiving them. Praise the Lord. And now I'm going to get into the part of the podcast where I share a word of knowledge that the Lord has given to me. At the end of each of these podcasts called Footsteps to Heaven, I spend a few minutes talking about messages that the Lord has given me. Before I begin the podcast, I go into prayer, and I've been to Mass this morning. I came to the office directly from Mass, and I sat down in prayer, praying in the Holy Spirit, asking God, is there anything you want to speak to listeners of this podcast through me today in this particular podcast? And what I'm about to share, there's three different visions that the Lord gave me. And if this applies to you, you will know it because the Holy Spirit in you is going to get all jumpy, excited. You're going to feel it. You're going to, it's like the Holy Spirit going, yay, 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 pay attention. This is for you. you know, if you feel that happening, if you feel the joy of, 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 of this is for me, trust the Holy Spirit in you. This is for you. And I would like to know about it because that builds up my faith. And I might have the opportunity also then to share it with others to build up the faith of others. All right, the first vision that I got, the first image that the Lord showed me was a growling lion. And as I was continuing to pray, I saw Jesus put his hand on this lion to quiet it. And of course, it immediately became quiet. And then I saw that Jesus is smiling at whoever this person is that this is meant for. If you are the person that is facing some sort of growling lion in your life, know that Jesus is putting his hand on it to quiet it, and he is smiling at you, and he is saying, and see if this fits. See if You'll know this is for you if the Holy Spirit in you is resonating in some way that, that, that feels like a big yes. Jesus is saying, go ahead. It's safe to pass. And what I see in this, this vision, this, this mental image, is beyond 
this lion that's now been called by Jesus is a pathway that leads to a castle and the castle is bathed in sunlight it has jewels glimmering um, on the turrets you know and decorating the castle there is some I don't know if the castle represents a reward or a, 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 some kind of destination that the Lord is leading you to that's a good destination the second vision that I received was of um, somebody walking with a crutch, a single crutch on the right side. And there is a red flower growing out of the ground right next to you. It's not a rose. I don't know what kind of red flower it is, but it's not a rose. Um, and I, I feel like the Lord is saying, if this is you, pick it pick this flower whatever this means I don't know God will reveal to you what it means and do let me know what it means I'm, I'm really interested in finding out the third vision that I saw was of a horse drinking at a refreshing pool of water not a huge lake just a small pond and the water is crystal clear it's it's refreshing and nice and cool and the horse is enjoying this water and uh, the reins of the horse are are hanging loose the horse is saddled and ready to ride and Jesus is standing on the other side of this small pond Jesus is whoever this is meant for Jesus is inviting you to get up get on the horse he's providing a means for you to cross this little pond to get to him there you know it seems like this is um, a dangerous pond it seems like maybe you know you're gonna sink in the pond you're gonna drown in the pond or it's a bigger pond than you think it is um, it's uh, for, or it's a poisoned pond or something but what I feel that the Lord is revealing is it's really a safe fairly shallow refreshing pure drinking water cool and refreshing pond but even so you're not going to be walking in it swimming in it wading in it you're he's giving you a ride over it to reach him he's inviting you to come on over I'm giving you the means just come over to me maybe that's something for everybody maybe the horse is this podcast maybe the pool of water is forgiveness and the Lord is giving you an easy way to get over there where you can get back to Jesus because you know what when we are in unforgiveness we are not with Jesus so my friend pray again come Holy Spirit fill me come Holy Spirit renew me come Holy Spirit you have my permission to change me. Amen. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.